Hello everybody and welcome to What Do You Say Anime? I am your host Peter. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that we have our cameras going up and our in the bottom right we have my co-host Adam. And today we will be talking about our top 10 favorite animes of all time. We thought this would be a good idea to personalize ourselves a little bit more so you can get an understanding of our taste. But before that, this is our one year anniversary of What Do You Say Anime? Adam, do you have any special moments, your favorite things about doing the podcast throughout this entire year? I think my favorite podcast episodes we've done have been the anime Jeopardy games we played. They've been really fun. I know it was nice to get to know a lot of hosts from like other podcasts and stuff. But overall, from doing all these episodes, I realized just how difficult it is to actually like make a put together a podcast, like trying to figure the right words to say, like just off the top of your head can actually be much more difficult than I really gave it credit for. Yeah, sometimes creating the content is a little a little iffy and then trying to come up with what we want to say all together sometimes is a puzzle. I personally, I think by far our most popular episodes have been the Anime Jeopardy, so thank you for watching that. That was really fun. And because of that, my favorite part of creating this podcast is kind of joining like a uh, anime podcast community and meeting a lot of new people. Like uh, Anime Rambling Boys we had, Anime Every Guys, Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we had Hashtag Anime Talk on, so it was really fun to just getting introduced to those guys and having them on our show and just collaborating them and just talking with them on like Twitter and all that stuff like that. So it's really fun to just meet a bunch of new people and not just inside the anime podcast community, just meeting people outside of like, just like in real life, like people who are new to Twitter and having them check out our show, people asking us questions about the podcast. I'm really happy with like the outreach that our podcast has been able to like have on some other people who are looking to, a start a podcast not maybe not just anime but i've had people ask me how to start a podcast like what like what difficulties you have and then just meeting new people throughout the way so that's been a really fun moment for me and i know you said that your favorite anime episode or sorry your favorite episode was the anime jeopardy did you have a least favorite episode or a least favorite moment um that's actually a good question i feel like the first few episodes we did yeah we were having a lot of struggles with and trying to find that right balance between a script and just being completely off the cuff was kind of, at least for me, it was kind of difficult. I had a lot of nerves in those first few episodes yep. and I still do now, but it's something I've gotten like it's night and day difference compared to how I used to feel when I was started recording where I couldn't even get my mind straight as for biggest, like disappointment in general during that enemy, sorry, anime jeopardy game. <laughs> there was a question that came up that I should have been able to know the answer to, which was Oron High School Host Club. Yep. And that makes me mad to this day that I spaced on that name. Yeah. Because that is one, we're going to be talking about our top 10 favorite anime. And that was in serious consideration for making this list. But my thought that I couldn't remember the name when it mattered most made me leave it off just for that reason. <laughs> I think that's just part of the, the nerves of playing these like trivia style games and just having to know it on the spot. I think if you had more time, I think you definitely could have gotten that answer. Oh, correct. Oh, absolutely. I, it was, it really came down to just the nerves of like recording and like not wanting to make a fool of myself that I just, I ended up making a fool of myself yeah. there. <laughs> I think, I think a lot of people shot themselves in the foot and then realized like looking back on it, it's like, how did I get that wrong type of thing? And just, yeah. So I know I've played a other type of anime trivia and I've definitely shot myself in the foot. Like, how did I not know? Like, that's my one of my favorite shows of all time. It's like, how did I not get that answer? So I know that I know the feeling of 
knowing something and just having that mind blank, just like ah, oh. like it's it's right there on my shelf. Like that was the thing that was bothering me the most. Is like I know what it is. I have it on my shelf over here to the left of me, and I can't figure it out. And <laughs> it was disappointing. But yeah, yeah. but overall, it's fun time. And I'm glad that we decided to do this. And it's surprising. It's already been an entire year since we started. I know. It's crazy. I know. Just branching off that, uh, what you said about like being scripted and being off the cuff, that I've, our first episode was so heavily scripted that it just felt so unnatural after like reading or like hearing it back for the first time. Just like, okay, we need to do something completely different for the second episode because our first episode was awful and we yeah. it, which, which is sad because we put in a lot of work for it and it was trash but it definitely like made me realize like okay if this is the type of content i want to keep pr- producing we need to like step our game up and i think honestly just the communication with our, each other is way more natural if we don't have it scripted so definitely like having like maybe like a scripted intro but in like in situations like this this is just all off the cuff and i just like talking to you about anime yeah absolutely and no, I think we had to kind of find our uh, repertoire with each other. It took a little bit of time and a few episodes to get, but I think we've done a fairly decent job, and over the next year, we'll improve upon that as well. Absolutely. And one of the things that I wanted to improve on is personalizing me and Adam as like so people know who we are. And one thing was like the visual content that we're providing now if you're watching on YouTube, but the other one was our types of anime and our tastes. So... I thought this would be a really good idea of doing our top 10 because it's so our Both of ours are pretty vast in types of genres that we can really not just be like my favorite animes of all time are Naruto, One Piece, Bleach, Dragon Ball Z, like a lot of male anime watchers are, where ours is a little different. And I think that'd be a good way to diverse ourselves and really personalize each other or personalize ourselves with our audience. So without further ado, how about we get started on our top 10 list? Let's do it. All right. First up for me, we're going to start from the bottom to the top. And for me, my number 10 anime of all time is an anime called A Place Further Than the Universe. Now, A Place Further Than the Universe is... Most of the time, I watch anime as a form of medium to just, like, relax and escape. And A Place Further Than the Universe came to me at a time in my life where I wasn't looking for something like this, but it hit me at the right time. So... The story is about four girls who go to Antarctica, and each one of them have a different reason of why they want to go to Antarctica. One, one's mom was uh, lost there, and she was like a researcher. One wanted to just get away. One wanted to. One was like an idol and was there for a job, and the other one just wanted to be there because she felt like she was wasting her youth. And I, I personally was, that's who I connected with as a character because when this show came out. Uh, it was when my mom was battling breast cancer and luckily she's okay. So don't worry, but it came a life where time is something that we all have to take for granted. And this was a show where you need to go out and experience life itself. And whether if that's doing something simple, like for me, this was a huge inspiration of why I wanted to start the podcast. There was something really, really light about it. But this show is like, okay, podcasting is something I want to do. This show actually legit gave me courage. Or if you've seen Gigek's video on why this show meant so much to him, it could be something life-changing where he legit like went on a life-changing like trip like the girls do in the show. And it's just a show that came to me at the right time. And it's so heartwarming and just a beautiful animations and a beautiful show. 
and I absolutely adore it. Uh, I know that it's not really like what most people consider like a, maybe a top 10 show of all time, but to me, it's just one of those shows that came at the right time when I needed it the most. Adam, do you want to get to your number 10? All right, so my number 10 is an anime called One Outs. And for, I'm just going to guess a lot of people haven't heard of this series because it's nearly impossible to find unless you look on YouTube, actually. I think is the best place to find it right now. But it isn't able to be streamed in North America, as far as I know, by any legal means. But One Outs crosses professional baseball or professional Japanese baseball with the world of gambling. And the premise is the main character's name is Toa Taguchi, who is a above average pitcher, but he pitches in like this underground gambling ring in a game called one outs where people basically bet on being able to strike a batter out. And after a gambling incident goes awry with a professional baseball player, he's kind of forced to join the major leagues because he, this uh, baseball player realizes he's just that good at reading competition and he ne he wants to win a pennant before he's forced to retire. And so he Toa ends up getting into a, a gambling. His contract is basically a giant gamble with the uh, owner of the team. The owner of the team that he's going to play for is just a jerk who cares nothing about the team winning, but just making money. And so Toa uses his intellect and gambling prowess to con this owner of this team out of billions of yen and at the same time bring his team to win a pennant and for me when this when i watched this show i think it was sometime in like i was in the middle of college at the time i don't remember the year exactly but like i was kind of i really liked the idea of like breaking down like video games i was playing and analyzing it yep. and toa is the best analyst in that you will ever see in like a in an anime like he's able to read people better than i i think better than like a character like l or light from like death note like he's just that good and i really like connected with the character there plus it's one of my favorite sports baseball and it doesn't really take that whole baseball approach to it Baseball is more of like a backdrop to the mind games and the gambling. And I just found those that crossover between the two really, really intriguing. So if you like baseball, but enjoy gambling and mind games, this might be a show you want to check out. One I, outs is really I good. I do like all three of those. And I have definitely heard the great things about one outs. I have been recommended it multiple times. So, uh, but you're probably the first person I've seen that have it, has it on their top 10. But I'm, yeah. it's cool to see like a different, like a unique types of shows on the top 10. So that's really cool that you did one outs. Yeah, I, it really speaks to me. I think I don't necessarily think it's a 10 out of 10 show, but I think just the things that have speaks to me as an individual. Sure. And that's what I think really makes it stick out for me and why I wanted to at least give it my 10th spot. Yeah. And this is our top 10, our top 10 favorite, maybe not the top 10 best, but our favorite anime. So. We'll move on to number nine, and my number nine favorite anime of all time is Code Geass. It is a military, like, how to describe it correctly. Essentially, a kid gets a power called a Geass, and he can use it once on every person in the world. 
Uh, essentially, he can tell them whatever they want to do that, or whatever he wants them to do. And he uses that power to take over essentially the world. But first, he kind of has like this militia. It is two seasons in a movie, but the movie's like a sequel to the Kogias movies and not the show. So it's a little funky, but it's like mecha action, psychological. There's some like random like romance scenes in there, but I wouldn't consider this at all a romance. But it's I, that's like one thing I did not like about Kogias was like the random like scenes. But this is going to be a spoiler alert, but one of my favorite scenes of all time in anime is when you've seen Kogias, correct? Yeah. Okay, when he uses his act, he accidentally uses his Gias on Noonali. Or not Noonali, um, what's her name? Okay, I'm blanking. The, the, oh my god, I can't believe I don't remember her name. But he uses the Gias and he accidentally, like, essentially tells her to kill everybody. And they do in the stands, or in the audience. And he's just like, oh fuck, like, I'm this main character that's super overpowered, but even I can screw up. And I really like that, like, it humanizes, the like, this overpowered villain, but it, it shows that even the villain can make big mistakes on his plan. It's not just all, like, this deus ex machina where everything turns out correctly. Like, even in the show, like, hey, I can fuck up, too, and ruin my own plan. And so that's just one of the things I liked it. I like the mind games, the back and forth between, essentially, Lelouch's, mil like, militia versus Britannia. And the cool, like, supernatural powers that are also involved with it added, like, a little twist to it. The mecha fights, not the biggest mech fan, even though I have two mechs in this, or in this list. Uh, the mech fights are fantastic, especially in the movie. Uh, they're unbelievable. So, my number nine slot goes to Code Geass. Yeah, that scene that you were talking about when he, I believe he says something like, I could make you kill all of these people in the stands or whatever. I think it's something along those lines. Is like really impactful and like oh crap and it really hits you yeah i like he's, that he's just like fuck i can't believe i did that it's just like it's such a great scene because i like it when they flip the like the script and the hero or i guess in this case depending on how you view him the villain doesn't always win or the hero doesn't always win sometimes he loses in his journey so that's just one thing i liked about it all right so my ninth favorite anime is kenichi History's Mightiest Disciple. And Kenichi is about a a weak little a weak nerd, essentially, that is basically the bottom of the totem pole that wants to learn martial arts so that he can protect the people he cares about. But he join he starts off joining the karate club at school and they won't let him train because he's too small. They basically use him as a use him as a punching bag. And he meets this really bl this blonde bombshell me who's really cute who's getting attacked by some thugs and she ends up beating the crap out of him like going all like like a ninja goes crazy on him and he basically asks her like where the heck did you learn this and she tells him that she lives at a dojo and so he goes to this dojo to learn martial arts so that he can like learn to defend himself and the the dojo has like a whole bunch of masters of different types of martial arts, like karate, um, Chinese Kenpo, Muay Thai. And they train him from this loser who can't do anything, who's just a punching bag, to being history's mightiest disciple. And the thing I like about the show is that even though it is a really high shonen like fantasy where there's a lot of stuff is isn't really realistic, isn't going to happen exactly the way the show makes it out to happen. Like there's no way a person can actually train as hard as he does. 
but the techniques and martial arts that they use are based in real martial arts. Like they show you like diagrams and explain like the history of different martial arts, which I find to be really cool. And I think Kenichi is just a really likable character. It's a really fun shonen series that I don't know if a lot of people know about. And it, I think it deserves a lot more credit than it gets. It's 25 episodes long and has, I believe, three OVAs. And the manga is really good. I don't, The dub of the anime is all right. I've watched it a few times. It's pretty good. But uh, if you'd like martial arts anime, definitely check out the sub of Kenichi, The Mightiest Disciple. I think it's only streaming on Amazon Prime because I only know that because every time I log into my Amazon, it tells me to watch the show. It's like the first show that pops up on Amazon for me. So. Oh really? Yeah. It always it, like if you go on like my my Amazon homepage, it says like Amazon Prime Video Kenichi, the something disciple dude. It's like, eh. <laughs> it's shown it, so. It, it's very very shonen, but yeah. it it has that fan servicey bits of it. Like Miu is a very well-endowed girl but uh i don't know i think the series does a lot of really good uh hand-to-hand martial arts scenes that i think people would enjoy if you're a fan of shonen shows i think you'll like kenichi yeah i i mean i remember seeing like this show kind of looks bad and i looked up its mouse score and it was like an 8.2 it's like oh damn like people like this show so yeah i maybe down the road i'll check it out but i think the manga is preferred by a lot of people like i haven't really talked to a lot of people who are familiar with both the anime and the manga but uh the manga definitely goes a lot farther than the anime does it completes the whole saga the whole story the anime only goes through about the first of like four arcs okay so right on all right so that was number eight for adam oh sorry number nine for adam moving on to number eight for me goes to I said there would be another back in this list, and that is Gurren Lagan at my number eight slot. Uh, I think at the time when the show came out, like its visuals were unbelievable, and they still are to this day. Trigger does an amazing production on this show. I love one of my biggest things in anime is the story and characters, and this does not shy away from either of those. The sci-fi elements of them fighting these giant random aliens and like light years away and giant mechs is like just and out of the like blue like story arc i thought it was fantastic the whole trying to keep the population under a million people is like really unique let's not talk about or let's talk about like the amazing characters your favorite character of all time simone and i absolutely adore him especially adult simone is just such a great character and then best boy kamina or kamina who unfortunately passes away, but still a great character nonetheless. And he just makes that impact in seven to eight episodes. It really shows how great of a character he is when he's only in a third of the show. Uh, absolutely enjoy like the visuals, the fighting. The characters are so over the top and beautiful with Trigger's animation. I can't say more enough about how good Gurren Lagan is. The last episode, holy shit, the wedding scene broke my broke my heart like that if i look back on like this it's beautiful and sad at the same time so i consider it like one of the most like sad moments in anime history because i care for simone so much and seeing what happens to nia at the end is just so heartbreaking but at the same time it's so beautiful because they got to experience the love that they had so 
It's bittersweet, but I, everything about Gurren Lagann, I love. Check it out. It's on Netflix. 27 episodes, I believe. So, my number eight goes to Gurren Lagann. All right, and my number eight is going to one I'm going to bet bet is the least viewed show on my entire list. Might be the least known show on both our lists. For just sure. guessing, but uh, that's going to Toho Dense or Tohai Densetsu Akagi or Mahjong Legend Akagi. This is a series I believe you can find on Crunchyroll. I might be wrong. It, I think it's still on Crunchyroll right now. But if you're not familiar with the game of Mahjong, it follows that. It's a game similar to poker, but played with tiles. And it's about creating like very complex hands. I can't explain the rules to you now because you could, you could write a thesis on the <laughs> yeah, rules of Mahjong. Sure. But the story fall is takes place in 1958. Akagi Segaru is a high school like delinquent he plays a game with chicken that ends up with someone he's playing with dying off screen we don't see it but he stumbles into a bar where a game of mahjong is being played by the yakuza is being run by the yakuza and there's this guy in there who is indebted to them who's basically about to lose everything he has and probably his life and akagi even though he has no idea the rules of the game doesn't really care he just wants the thrill of gambling and inserts himself into this game learns the rules in a heartbeat and basically saves this guy's life and in doing so he dives headfirst into life stakes mahjong gambling it's over the top in terms of like what these people are willing to bet with like there's a scene where they're literally gambling with the blood in their veins Jeez. and whenever they lose hands instead of losing dollars they're losing blood out of their own <laughs> oh, body shit. until the point where they will die or pass out at the table and it's dark yeah it's a dark gambling anime and i absolutely love it because mahjong is a fun fun game and be it's kind of like the reason I like one outs where you have this guy who's able to sit there and read people like they're an open book and that makes him overpowered. Not, and he's facing off against all these people that are cheating, whether they're using like scape or like stages where the other two players in the game are working for them, trying to throw them winning tile pieces or whether they're using a set of rules that give them a huge advantage. He always finds a way to win and the stakes are always over the top. And I love it. If you, if you know how to play Mahjong and you like gambling anime, this one is the best you'll find. I'm getting a uh, strong vibe of gambling and some form of activity with you in your your list. So I enjoy sports. Like I like competition. Yep. So like some of my favorite anime, even in like, um, shonen genre are ones with really, really good tournament arcs. And that'll come sure. up again later, I'm sure of it. Yeah. But I like the idea of competition and risking it all and doing anything to win, even if it means bending the rules. And a lot of these shows on my list, there's a lot of that. That's awesome. Uh, that honestly seems right up my alley. So I've never heard of it literally until I started until I got your list, so I think it's one of the actually legit add to my plan to watch list because that sounds great. 
So that was our number eight. We're going to move to our number seven. For me, my number seven is Mob Cycle 100. Mob Cycle 100 has my favorite character in anime history. That's uh, Reagan. It has a cast of wonderful characters from the Body Improvement Club to Mob himself to the character development of his brother. And the villains are fantastic as well. The action and animation combined are top tier, if not one of the best of all time in anime. I love everything about Mob Psycho. The OPs are incredible. 99.9 .9 from last year, from its second season, was, in my opinion, the best animation ever done in an OP. And everything about Mob is just incredible. Mob, as he progresses through season one to season two, you see his growth, especially in the first episode of season two where he kind of gets his heart broken by a girl is pretty heartwarming and you see how he develops as a character and then the best episode in my opinion is when reagan comes out and says that he is like he's essentially a fraud to all these people and then mob is like i already knew you weren't a real like psychic but you're a good person and you're still my you're still like my teacher and it just breaks my heart because this mob is such a good dude. I love mob so much and I love how Reagan like also like grows from being like this scummy scam artist to this nice scummy scam artist throughout the series. So definitely a big fan of Mob Psycho and its characters. Its characters are so good. The Body Improvement Club, how they just lift up Mob's spirits when he's just trying to get in shape is so funny and the whole... Just the whole ensemble of Mob Cycles 100 is amazing. And that's why I love it so much. And that's why it's my number seven of all time. All right. Moving on to ensembles. Yeah. Mine is a completely different style of ensemble. <laughs> Please say more. And, and my number seven is High School DXD. Now, we've gone from all these really like dark and edgy shows for me to the complete opposite. So... I don't think I really need to explain what High School you D watch DxD it the is to a lot of people. Yeah, but it's the plot. High School DxD is a show about a pervert whose goal is to have a harem of women after him. He becomes a demon and he gets his demon harem. It's an shown in action with more tits and ass <laughs> than I... <laughs> It might as well be considered a hentai, but it's it has close. Too, too much of a good plot to be a hentai. Because the story in High School DxD isn't all that bad. It's actually really good and enjoyable. <laughs> it's not that bad at all. No, it's like I really like the story to High School DxD, but it is very, very shonen. But I think it does it in all the right ways. And if you like big breasted anime chicks, who doesn't? This, this show is entirely that. It's big-breasted anime chicks fighting and a main character whose special ability is to get make girls naked. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I, the rating game, I think the rating game is genius, honestly. It's... Oh, yeah. How, the, how that's put together, I think it's really cool how they class each other by a chess piece and then each chess piece has a point system and then the point system goes into the rating game. Then you have to like, build a team based off your rating. So it's really... I really like that aspect of the show. I like that aspect, but my only issue with it is they don't use it enough. Like, it's a really, really cool concept where you use all the chess pieces, you form a, a, a small battalion, and you fight other demons 
to basically determine your rank in the demon hierarchy. Yep. And as you like rank up and beat different demons, you can move up the ladder till eventually you're like you're considered that you and your underlings of demons are like the strongest team. And there's world saving stuff going on and apocalyptic wars with the gods and other types of mythologies besides just like Christian mythology. Yep. But it's a really cool system that I don't think they emphasize enough. But overall, this show is really, it's a really fun show to watch, especially if you don't mind over the top tits and ass. Yeah. And when it, when it comes to etchy, like, like high school DXD, for example, if it's going to be etchy, I want it to be over the fucking top. That's why I like prison school so much. It's like, yeah, we're not hiding the etchy. It's in your face. And that's why I don't like shows like fire force where the show is about fighting and all this stuff. And then it's just like, Here's a random pair of tits. It's like, what's the point of that? Where High School DxD, it does not hide it at all. And like you said, the plot is good. And like the comedy is funny. And like the characters themselves are like really good too. So honestly, it's not that bad of a show. Season four, eh, but like the first three the, seasons are okay. Yeah, and the characters are diverse too. Like you get your your uh, anime stereotypes. Like you have your Sundares, you have your Kudares, you have your like big sister style you have the shine nun like they cover every different fetish you could possibly have which and it's not in a gross way where the main character is the only one that's into all the tna that's going yeah. on all of the girls are down yep which makes it so much better because it doesn't feel like you're watching a show where half where the people that are being that are on display so to speak don't want to be there they're game from the very get-go and in most situations it's the women that are initiating like all the sexual everything that happens yeah so i'm a big fan that isei is not like a bland bitch protagonist well he kind of is but like he's not like like he goes for it like he's not like sitting around like other harems do type of thing where it's like he, he knows what he wants and he's going for it Yeah, he's not oblivious to their feelings. The one thing you could say to him is, like, there's a point where it gets to, like, will you just, like, finally score already? But they give him a, what I feel is a well-deserved, like, explanation for why he doesn't. And that's explained in the first couple episodes. I'm not going to just entirely spoil it. But, like, I feel like they give him enough justification for why he doesn't just go all the way with all the girls that it feels like he's earned like the credit that he gets. Sure. For sure. Yeah, definitely. It's, I think it's not the bad show. So I'm just, like I said, I, we were talking earlier. I was surprised it made your top 10 of all time, but it's a fun show. So oh, yeah, it's, I think it speaks to who I am. Like you'll kind of <laughs> like, if you get to know me, like I'm an unapologetic pervert. Like I don't even care. I watch hentai. I it's, it's no issue with it for me. So, I salute, I salute you. That's you're, <laughs> you, some of us are not as brave as you, Adam. <laughs> All right, moving away from huge tits and you know etchy to something a little bit more serious. For my number six is a show that maybe you've heard of, but I think a lot of people haven't watched, and that's Kids on the Slope. And Kids on the Slope is a story that takes place in like 1950s, 1960s Japan. And it centers around three, mainly three people's love for jazz and the intertwinings of just relationships while in high school. I thought in the beginning of the show, I thought this was just like a slice of life 
um, music anime, and it turns out that there's a lot of like twists and turns with romance, which I am a absolute sucker for. So it turns into this great, loving, I should say loving because there's a lot of drama too, but there's a good romance, good slice of life, amazing music. The jazz in this music is incredible. They reference so many different like jazz artists that personally I'm not like super familiar of, but I do like jazz music. So the music that they play, just the trials and tribulations of growing up in this like different era that we don't really see in anime where there's a scene where they're in a jazz club and there's a United States like Navy people there. And this is like right after World War II. So Japanese people aren't too fond of Americans and Americans aren't too fond of Japanese. So you get these drunk like Navy people like essentially just saying slurs in like this jazz club and just like really awkward. And it's just really cool how they see how they interact it with jazz and like these like awkward situations that you don't normally see in anime. So it's mostly like a drama romance with jazz and those things just like compelled to me. And it's just one of those shows where I was watching it until 4am on a work night. Like something about this show just, just hit me. And I watched like three episodes and it was like 1am. I'm like, I need to go to bed. But this show is just hooking me. And I watched all of it in two days. I think I ended up passing out at like 4.30. And it's just one of those shows that you'll see later on. There's another show that absolutely hooked me too. That has like kind of the same elements. And I just highly recommend Kids on the Slope for anybody who's a fan of like romance and drama and amazing story. All right. Moving on to my number six is a show I think pretty a lot of people are going to be familiar with, Death Note. And uh, for those who aren't experienced with Death Note, it's about a uh, character, Light Yagami, who is a high school student who finds a book of death or the Death Note dropped by the Shinigami Ryuk. And this notebook gives him the ability to kill anybody he wants by writing their name in it and giving them a time of death and a cause of death if he so chooses to give them one. Otherwise, they'll just die of a heart attack. But Light decides he's going to eliminate all crime and evil in the world by killing off all those he seems to be unfit to continue living. And he basically decides he's going to be the god of this new world that he's going to create. This doesn't go unnoticed, though, by, like, the Japanese government. And they call in, like, the FBI, CIA, and, the like, different organizations around the world to try to figure out a way to stop this vigilante murderer. And they decide that the only person that can do it is a guy named L whose real identity is unknown, which makes him the perfect person to take on a criminal who can kill by just knowing their name. And so it becomes a battle of wits between light and L to determine who's going to figure out the other one's identity first. It's another one of those uh, Battle of the Wits style shows. Yep. Uh, dark premise, a lot of death and murder and deceit in this show. <laughs> but anyone who's seen it will tell you this is a wonderful, wonderful anime. A lot of like psychological mind games being played between both parties. And it's a really fun, fun series. The Netflix adaptation so is good. not good, however. So do not watch the live oh, action. I mean, it's bad. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah don't watch the live action version watch the the actual anime because the anime is well worth your time 
I believe it is the most popular anime of all time according to my anime list. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It's I've, a very good show. Yeah, it's critically acclaimed, highly rated, highly watched. So no surprises that it's on your top ten. Personally, this will be very shocking. I have not seen it. Yeah. I, I have plenty of those, which I I might be brave in admitting some things, but there are some shows I'm not brave enough to admit I haven't seen because people will take my otaku card away. I, I think I think that's like we. I also an anime podcast. So I haven't seen Death Note. It's like. But I have seen a lot of other anime, I swear, so yep. it's kind of like, <laughs> let me let me bounce it out with like these other animes you haven't seen, so. But no surprise, I saw the Netflix movie, I thought it was okay, but <laughs> that's because I haven't seen the anime, so. Uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, if for you sure. watch the anime, you know, you'll, you'll know what you're missing once you see that. You'll be like, oh, I see why people said that. <laughs> for sure. All right, so that was our number six. Mine was Kids on the Slope. Adam's was Death Note. Now we have reached the halfway point, and my number five is Haiku. Uh, I think it has the best cast, overall cast of characters in any anime. I think almost every single character on the the team itself all has like very unique characteristics, and it makes each individual that much better. And it's one reason why I absolutely love it. I think it has one of the best soundtracks of all time. I listen to it while I'm like running and while I'm working because it has the combination of like upbeat, high tempo music, but also has like really chill OST as well. So it's like a really nice combination of music. Season three is my favorite arc of all time. Tsukishima has the best character development in any, in my opinion, in anime history. I fucking love Tsukishima. He's so good. And I, a little biased because I kind of can look like him if I put a wig on and he is my cosplay when we could go to cons, but now we can't this year, but he's going to be my first ever cosplay. So rest in peace to my boy Tsukishima. He's not actually dead in the show, but he's dead in the con world. Um, I'm just trying to think of what else I could say about it. I love the character, like the dynamics between Hinata and Kageyama as those two are essentially the main characters and just their growth throughout the entire show. The animation is on point. As somebody who played competitive volleyball, it's a pretty good. It's like 90% realistic and then like 10% shonen. And I really like that mix that they really add to like the effectives of like a spike or like a save. And they're like, chance ball, one touch. It's just like, I really like those little aspects of the show. And to me, I adore Haiku. I recommend it to everybody. I tell, I try to tell people that it's an amazing story amazing characters that they just so happen to be playing volleyball so i know a lot of people don't like sports anime and i tried not to like i try to tell them that there's so much more to it than just volleyball so my number five there we go number five is haiku all right my number five goes to your lie in april and uh, this series is a series that focuses around music and love and loss of passion the series is about a pianist named Kosei Arima. When his mother dies, he loses the ability to hear the notes of the piano when he plays. And that basically causes him to give up on the one passion he has in life. And then one day in high school, his friends force him along to go on this like double date of sorts. And he meets this violinist named Kaori Miyazono. And she is... Like I said, she's a great violinist, but she basically pushes Arima to 
not give up on his dreams and to face his demons and to pick up the, well, I should say pick up the piano again, but continue playing the piano and not give it up, even though he's had a traumatic incident in his past. And it's a really, really beautiful story about like classical music and the love and relationships in this story are really, really good. Uh, it's, it's a tearjerker. It'll make you cry. It's one of a couple tearjerkers on my list, but I think the characters in this anime are amazing. The uh, the music is 10 out of 10, and the visuals for when they're playing the music are some of the best, like, violin and, like, animations I've ever seen. Like, the way they animate Kaori when she's playing is fantastic. So if you like classical music and you're into, like, romance and uh, tragedy, like, this is a really, really good show. Nothing but good things about your line, April. I think it's one of the highest rated animes of all time for that reason. So that was our number five. Mine was Haiku and Adam's was Your Lie in April. Moving on to number four. For me, it goes to Hunter Hunter. I think it's one of the best shonens ever made. I'm really itching for more because I know that the manga is technically on hiatus, but it's not done yet, so... Crossing my fingers, I know it's never going to happen, but I'm crossing my fingers that we get more Hunter Hunter maybe 20 years down the road. But it is a fantastic story of our main character gone, and he meets a lovable cast of characters like Killua, Leorio, and Karapka. And it's just their adventures of trying to be these things called hunters, who are essentially, if you pass this test, you are a billionaire and you can do whatever you want. Um... One thing I really love about Hunter Hunter, and I hate to... I always shun My Hero, but I'm going to shun My Hero again. One thing I don't like about My Hero is that Deku is the main character, and it's unfortunate because he's not the best character, and that takes away from the show. And Hunter Hunter, Gon is the main character, he's not the best character, and it doesn't take away from the show. I think that the... just the entire... like, the main four people in the show make it so... Good. I love the relationship between Gon and Killua. I love Krupka's like um, backstory and how he's trying to get revenge. I love how Leorio's just trying to like be this person that he doesn't really know who he wants to be, and at the end he like becomes like this great man. And it's just a great journey of like a lot of these, mainly these four, but mostly between Gon and Killua. Especially when you see in like the Chimera Ant arc, you see it in Greed Island, you see it in York New City. Of like these great friendship moments between the two. And it's just so lovable. But at the same time they're like killing people. So it's a great like mix of, mix of great characters for me. Which I love. Great action. Um, man what else to say. Uh, Hisoka is my second favorite character of all time. I think he's an absolute amazing villain. I wish he was like captured more. But I love the fact that he's like this creepy ass perverted clown. And that's horrifying. And that's great for a villain. And it's the, that whole aspect of it is fantastic. There's not much more I can say about Hunter Hunter. I think I think a lot of people think Chimera, or I should say this: when people ask what the best arcs in anime history are, a lot of people say the Chimera Ant arc from Hunter Hunter. I'm more of a Greed Island type of guy, but there's so many countless great arcs in this show, which is hard to do in the shonen when it spanned hundreds of episodes, where a lot of time you get like filler, or you get like arcs that are like 20 to 30 episodes long that are stinkers i think hunter hunter just hits the note on every single arc that they have and it's one of the reasons why it's my number four of all time all right 
my number four is one we've already discussed a little bit already, but I'm just going to give my two cents on it, and that is Gurren Lagan. And so I think a lot of the stuff Peter already said has been discussed, but I'll just kind of touch on my points. Simone is, like Peter said, is my favorite character of all time. I think he has, of all the anime characters and shows I've seen, has the most relatable growth arc for me because I relate so much to young Simone and I want to be everything older Simone becomes. Yep. And to for me, that's just a connection I don't get with a lot of protagonists. A lot of protagonists either start off with like this super this special thing about them that just makes them better than everybody else to the point where they're kind of unrelatable or they're just so one note that they're they're more of just a self-insert character simone is a character by himself but he's one that i can see existing and i totally see myself as and as he grows to be like kamina it's some it's like seeing your idol and like want you watch yourself grow into that idol that they wanted to be and so for me like there's no better character than simone from girl Lagan. um the music is amazing the visuals 10 out of 10 i still love them i still love watching the show it's the only mecha on my entire list and that's because i hate mech anime the only mecha mecha shows that i've watched i've ever watched to completion are Code Geass and Gurren Lagann. Yep. And I've watched a little bit of, like, Zoids when I was in, like, middle school. Great show. But, like, there's no way I would put a show like Gurren Lagann on this list so high if it didn't have some of the best characters. And, like, yeah, characters, I think, is, like, the big thing for me. It has the best characters in a show. Can't complain because it's on my list, too. Yeah. All right, so that was our number four. Mine was Hunter Hunter, and Adams was Gurren Lagan. Moving on to our number three. For me, it is Konosuba. Now, I know, Adam, recently you said that your high school DXD, why you liked it because it was so fun. And to me, I think Konosuba is the most fun anime that I've ever seen. I think its rewatchability is the best. It has an amazing sub and it also has an amazing dub which is really hard to do in a lot of shows and i've seen both and i recommend both to each like if you like dubs this is one of the best i love it like erica mendez is megamine and she's like my favorite english voice actress so it has an amazing dub uh it's kind of interesting because like the visuals are all over the place because it's i know season one was done by two different studios so like you have like it's bits and pieces of amazing animation but what really stood out for me, why it's number three, was the movie. Adam, me and you saw the movie in theater, theaters, and I laughed my ass off. The movie is incredible. It is my favorite anime movie of all time. And it's about just silly nonsense of just a group of idiots like going to just do stupid missions. And that combination between amazing like voice actresses and actors... And silly concepts of, like, the situations that they get in. Like, one instance, they have to battle flying cabbage. Like, it's just, like, stupid things like that that I love the show. And, of course, like, you... I love, like, Aqua's, like, idiot side. I love Megamine's, like, explosions. And I love Darkness being, like, a misogynist. And 
Kazuma being for gender equality and all that fun stuff. And it just mixes a hodgepodge of everything and makes it into an amazing show, an amazing movie. I'm assuming we're getting a fourth season, or technically, I guess, a third season, but like the movie is technically a sequel. So, because. Crunchyroll bot or got Isekai Quartet season three, so I'm assuming we're gonna get another season of Konosuba, which I can't wait. I think it's a show that I could recommend to almost anybody who watches anime. This is definitely not a first timer anime to watch, but I just love it so much. It's so much fun. It always brings a smile to my face, and that's why Konosuba is my number three. Yeah, absolutely. I I really think everything you said there is spot on. Like the characters are freaking hilarious. They're there it, and the movie had some of the best visuals that I've seen in anime movies in yeah. a long time. I'm there's obviously uh, your name and uh, weathering, weathering with, with you, you, which had great visuals. But in terms of like a, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a shonen, like it's a shonen it's style enough, movie. Yeah, yeah, it it blows like the My Hero Academia movie. I think it blew it out of the water I in too. 90% of the scenes. There's only the one cool combat scene in my hero. Yep. Um, the, I haven't watched the one piece movie yet. Stampede. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like all of the, all the shonen movies that I've seen, like the Yu-Gi-Oh movie and stuff like that, they don't compare to that. Like Konosuba has the best shonen movie I've seen ever. It's so good. And if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. It's especially if you've seen Konosuba. It's on Crunchyroll. Absolutely. You have no excuse. Go watch it. All right. My number three is another tearjerker. I told you it was coming. And that is Anohana. So Anohana follows the story of Jinta, who along with the rest of his friends who call themselves the super peace busters, they they, uh, the friends split apart. They drift apart after their f- close friend Menma dies in a tragic accident when they're in sixth grade. Five years later, uh, Jinma, sorry, Jinma, Jinta uh, starts seeing Menma's ghost, and he basically is forced to reunite his old friend group because they've all drifted apart and started doing their own thing. They don't see each other anymore. He has to reunite them all so that they can help Menma's ghost pass on to the afterlife. It's another story like Your Lie in April about overcoming loss and dealing with a tragedy in your past, uh, dealing with your demons. It's a, it's a romance to an extent, but it doesn't really tie so much into that as much as it does just dealing with tragedy. It's a really, really beautiful show. Uh, I think if you're if you're into shows that'll make you cry, I, this is the one I would recommend above all else. Even your line, April, like this is the my favorite tearjerker anime of all time. Characters are really are really good characters. Their like backstory and like how they perceived the incident is like really relatable. Like you, I don't know if anyone else has had like tragedy go on in their life when they felt like they're partly to blame. But every one of these characters feels like they were the reason that this incident happened and it's the reason that they drifted away from their friends. And so it's a really, really sad series, but it's really worth a watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you want to cry, you watch Anohana. Like, I think that's like almost a consensus number one. Like, maybe that and if it's a movie, Grave of the Fireflies. But it's like those two are like neck and neck where like if you want to ball like a bitch, like watch Anohana. 
Yeah, and the symbolism in Anohana is like really good as well. Like, it kind if you, ha I'd say watch the series first and then go watch Mother's Basement. I yeah, I'll probably have said his name in a few videos now. Even though I say all the time that I'm not a big fan of some of his opinions, but his analysis on shows is like 10 out of 10. It's what I wish I could do. I just can't. But his breakdown of that opening and how it relates to like the show as it goes on is phenomenal. Yeah, it's he's, top he's got it. Yeah. All right. So that was our number three. We had mine with Konosuba and Adam with Anohana. Now we're going to get to our number two, and this is going to be really fun because our number twos are the same, and that's Toradora. Yes, Toradora. Uh, Ab, do you want to start? Uh, or do I'll you, you want to catch your breath? Okay. What I love about Toradora, so there's definitely something that just sticks with me with, like, romance anime. And something that just hits, and sometimes it's just unexplainable. Here's how much Toradora hit me. It was the middle of December. I was watching Toradora for the first time. And my internet went out. And for some reason, like, the LTE coverage couldn't stream Crunchyroll. So what did I do? I went to the gym at 1 o'clock in the morning so I could connect to its Wi-Fi so I could watch Toradora. That's how much I love Toradora. I think it does the best job at giving hope for love. I love how... it's. I think a lot of people give Taiga shit for how bad of like a tsundere she is, but I think it's really clearly explained in the show why she has the troubles that she does. Like with her father, she has like family issues that she lives by herself and nobody loves her essentially. And why she's so reluctant to like show any form of emotion other than, I mean, she has like a crush, but it's not like love. And then when you realize that she loves Ryuji in the show, especially in the Christmas episode where like he goes, he like, comes in the bear outfit and then he leaves and she's like no i don't want you to leave like this isn't a crush like i love you and th then she starts bawling because he's gone and then meadery sees that and just that whole episode encapsulate why i love toradora i, I think it just uh, to me it's also like a personal thing where like i think it reflects on like my early past relationship like in high school and I'm not going to get into that, but, like, it's it definitely just hits, like, a note for me of, like, I can relate to Ryuji. Like, I feel like I am him in his and Taiga's relationship. And it's just one thing about Torador that I just absolutely love. I love all the cast of characters. I love, like, Ryuji's friends. I love Ami, even though she's kind of a bitch. I love Mitarin, who's kind of all over the place because, like, she doesn't know what she wants, which... It's kind of an interesting story because at the end she realizes that she does like Ryuji, but it's too late. But she also realizes that she likes him and Taiga loves him. And so she's like the good friend and like doesn't like interfere. And I love it so much. So that's my rant on Toradora. All right. So I think you covered a lot of it, but I do want to say there's one thing that really speaks to me about the show. And that's it's recognition recognizing that there's a difference between being having a crush and being in love. Yep. And sometimes those lines blur and for Taiga, you covered it mostly for Taiga where she has a crush on Kitamura and that's really all it is. And she, she likes him because he's the first person who kind of set, whoever said like he cared about her. 
And so, like, that caused her to be infatuated with him. But then she learned to love Ryuji because he was that pillar that she needed in her darkest time. Yep. However, for Ryuji, he's got, for the most part, a strong connection with a few close people, like Kitamura and his mom. Even though she's not the best mom, he's got a relationship there. And he sees Minari as this outgoing, like, I have all my things figured out. She's the star softball player. She's everyone's best friend. He's what she's what he aspires to be. Yeah. And so he develops these feelings of what he what he says he's in love with her. But what at least I interpret as more of a longing to be like that person he just misinterprets that as love yep. and it isn't until taiga comes up that you start to see the difference between infatuation and true like romantic feelings and i think that's a thing growing up a lot of us have gone through it's it can relate to at some point for sure and so seeing characters that are going through the same thing and that the show truly understands that love is complex it's confusing sometimes you don't understand it and sometimes it doesn't play out the way you think it should or the way you want it to but it's a beautiful thing nonetheless no show does that better than Torino. I you you speak my mind. And I'm really glad that we have the same like opinions on Toradora. And I guess I have to ask the question: Is Taiga the actual best girl, though? Are you like? All right, let me let me say. Okay. Are you happy that Ryuji ended with Taiga? I am happy that Ryuji ends with Taiga. However, I think my favorite girl is Ami. And not that I think Ryuji should be with her. Okay. Because I think him and Taiga form a better relationship. But I feel like... I feel like you could write a thesis on her character. Absolutely. Her character is a lot more complex. But I feel like she's the only one from the beginning that understands what's going on from the beginning. Yeah, she She does. realizes everybody's true feelings. And she makes herself out to be the villain... So that they realize their feelings, even if she doesn't necessarily like Taiga and the and the rest of them, even if she is just trying to be manipulative. Yep. I think she is overall a good person at heart, and she makes herself a martyr. And that's why I like her the best. But Mar- martyr is a strong she- word, but I know what you mean. Well, in, in terms of the relationship, sure, yeah, because she ruins shit. her shot. She ruins her so- shot with Ryuji. And possibly Kitamura, they really don't say, but like that there's then there's the whole complicated relationship between Kitamura and her, because I'm pretty sure the only reason he's like hung up on the upperclassman that's like a bitch to him is because he's secretly in love with Ami. Yeah. But that's a whole nother theory. <laughs> whole nother theory. <laughs> Alright. But yeah. yeah. Overall, I think Taiga was the right choice for Ryuji. Okay, yes. I think like I think Meterine is the best girl, but I think for in terms like you said, for a relationship that Taiga and Ryuji are like the best for each other. Really happy how it like ends. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but like since the story kinda ends, they added the story in the visual novels. And uh, do you know how that works out? I mean I have it. I I guess I don't know if there's something I missed, so I mean tell me well just like how ryuji and taiga like get married he goes to italy and they have triplets 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I think a lot of people don't know that, so I just wanted to put that out there, that they have a happy family in the end. Yeah. Um, I I think Meenery is the one character who I feel the most for, because even though she makes herself out to be, like, this outgoing, like, I have all my ducks in a row type of person, she's no better off than the rest oh, of yeah, them. Oh, yeah, she is. And I... She just puts on a mask. Like she yeah. she's just really good at hiding everything. Yeah, and it's I you kinda I feel bad for her because it's that mask that I think first I think Ryuji actually fell in love with or started crushing on, yep. however you want to put it. But like at the same time, like she, because of that, she what she doesn't get the until the very end, she doesn't get the uh full development I feel like they could have given her. Like, you kind of just see the mask come off at the end. Yep. Like, I, I feel like they could have done more with that. Not that it's a bad thing because it's not her story. Yep. But it makes you feel really bad for her. Like, oh, look, she was hiding all this in, too. Like, there's a whole other story that could be told there. For sure. And please, if they somehow made a Torador after story, oh, my God, I'd be so happy. Oh. That'd be the best. But, it, like, it would I, be. I, like, I had, like, the, the question. If you were given... 10 million dollars and you could create one anime of your choice what would it be my answer is always toradora after story i mean i've never even sat down and thought about it but like that's another question for that, another time, that then. yeah that makes me think like that's i would not be unhappy if that's what i spent my money on yeah i'd be really happy if that's what i spent my money on for sure because i'd love to i'd love to see either a side story or just go into like meanerine's like whole like, what's going on in her head during all of this? Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Okay, so that is a wrap-up. Our number two, we both had Toradora. If you like romance, I think it's the best. Now it's time for the creme de la creme, our number one picks of all time. And mine is, if you listen to the podcast before, I've said it a thousand times, and that is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I think it is the best story of all... T- yeah, no, shocking. Guess what? It's Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. <laughs> I think it's the best story of all time, how they interwine, like, this crazy complex story of... Essentially, it's, like, kind of depicting Germany and, like, the Nazi regime, but, like, in a different light. I think it's just so complex. I love the alchemy that's involved with it. I love the characters. Like, there are so many top-tier characters in this show. Edward Alphonse... Roy Mustang, Hawkeye, um, who else do we have? Olivier. Just all these like top S tier characters are so good and just mixed with everything that goes into the story and the action. And just like the conclusion is amazing. Like it's the, what you wanted. It's what's, and there's so many like twists and turns that you don't see coming. So good. I love Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood so much. It's not only my favorite anime of all time, it's my favorite show of all time. I recommend it to every single person. There's a reason why it is the number one rated anime of all time, because it is the best anime of all time. And that's just not me saying, that's the overall public, which they got it right this time. I I, I know, Ab, you, you... Yeah, but to me, I love it so much. It's... I watched the show in like 2013 or 14 when I didn't watch anime and I thought, Jesus Christ, this show is unbelievable. And I never watched anime after that, which is weird, but that's just how much 
Fullmetal Alchemist stuck with me. Oh, and the dub! The dub and the subs are both unbelievable. They're so good. I actually recommend... This is one of the shows where I recommend the dub. And I think, oh, yeah. I think your number one show, you also recommend the dub, so... Absolutely. So for me, get to know me a little bit. My number one anime of all time, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. All right, and speaking of dubs, we didn't even say Toradora. That dub's freaking amazing. So good. Just, just saying. So good. But uh, all right, yeah, my number one anime is also a show I recommend watching dub, and that's Yu Yu Hakusho. And for me, I watched this show growing up on like, was it Adult Swim? Yeah. Probably back in like 2006. I don't, I don't even remember the year. I was high school time. But Yu Yu Hakusho follows the main character, Yusuke Yurameshi. He's a delinquent with a bad reputation no one expects anything out of, who comes across a kid playing ball in the sh on the side of the road. The ball bounces out into the street, and Yusuke runs into the road, saves the little kid's life, but dies in the process, which confuses the spirit world because they didn't expect him to die that day, so they send Botan, who's essentially the Grim Reaper, to give Yusuke a choice. He can either roam the world as a ghost because there's no room for him in the afterlife or he can get his body back by becoming the next spirit detective of Earth whose job it is to stop the world from an influx of demons and spirit beings and those who are just looking to throw the world into chaos. And it is one of the best shonen anime ever. It was written by the same guy who did Hunter Hunter. Yes, it that is. was Yoshihiro Tagashi. Um, it has the best tournament arc. I said before 100%. that I love I love tournament arc shows, and the Dark Tournament is the best tournament, hands down. If you don't like, you don't agree with me, at me. We can talk about yep. it on Twitter because it is. <laughs> um, Taguro is one of my favorite villains of all time. I'm not going to say he's the best villain, but he's a tragic hero who turns bad. That's all I'm going to say nope. because any more would be spoilers, but it has wonderful villains. It has a wonderful core of main characters. Yusuke is cool. Kuwabara is the best. Kuwabara is the best. Kuwabara is a Yusuke's childhood rival. Rival. We'll say rival. Rival. They're not friends, per se. But his is Rival, who Yusuke beats the crap out of all the time. But he's also one of the few people that actually gives a crap when Yusuke dies. He shows real emotion. Kuwabara is a genuine bro who's willing to put his body on the line for his friends and the people he cares about. Uh, you got Hiei, who is a demon with a stick up his butt, who's a cold personality, but he's actually like he's a good guy at heart he just he's a sundere really yeah he, he doesn't want to admit it but he actually is a good guy and then you have uh karama who is a fox demon and who is basically the most intelligent of the group he's the strategist and pretty boy and all around just like really good guy i think the four of them make a really good like they make a great team core team and then the other characters, like I said, Taguro's a great villain. Um, oh, I'm spacing on his name from the the Chapter Black Saga. Oh, 
Wow. Okay. Uh, Shin, Shinsui or something like that? Uh, Shinobu Sensui. Shinobu yeah. Sensui. That's what it is. Shinobu Sensui, another wonderful villain. Uh, Genkai, whose voice, I'm pretty sure, is the same voice of the person who does, who does Frieza from the Dragon Ball Z dub. Like, she has that really raspy voice. Yep. I love it. Uh, I don't know. I think this is one of the best shonen anime you can watch. And it can't, it was airing around the same time as like Dragon Ball Z. And while Dragon Ball Z gets like a lot of that like popularity from the anime crowd or just like the casual anime audience, Yu Yu Hakusho is, in my opinion, better than Dragon Ball Z in nearly every way. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Kuwabara, the best dub voice actor of all time, <laughs> which is uh, Christopher Sabat, who does All Might in the dub. Yep. So good. I love it. It's what honestly hooked me in the show. Because um, I'm not the biggest shonen guy, and I do like Yu Yu Hakusho, but what sold me was Kuwabara. He is <laughs> unbelievable. He's one of my favorite characters of all time. And... I think a lot of people consider this the best shonen of all time, especially Dark Tournament. You like tournament arcs. The best tournament arc of all time is the Dark Tournament. Don't yep. at, don't just at Adam if you disagree. At me too, because I completely agree that the Dark Tournament is unbelievable. So that is going to wrap up our overall favorite top 10 list. Just to recap real quick, my top 10, A Place Further Than the Universe was number 10. Cole Gias was 9. Gurren Lagann was 8. Mob Psycho 100 was 7. Kids on the Slope was 6. Haiku was 5. Hunter Hunter was 4. Konosuba was 3. Torador was 2. And Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was number 1. Ab, did you want to recap your top 10? Yeah. My top 10 were number 10, One Outs. Number 9, Kenichi, History's Mightiest Disciple. Number 8, Tohai Densetsu Akagi. Number 7, High School DXD. Number 6, Death Note. Number five, Your Lion April. Number four, Gurren Lagan. Number three, Anohana. Number two, Toradora. And my number one favorite anime of all time is Yu Yu Hakusho. Awesome. So that's our wrap up today's episode. Thank you for, if you, this is your first time, welcome. If you've been here since the beginning, thank you for being with us on our journey. I hope that we can do this for at least another year, if not more. With more anime coming out, there's so much more to talk about. So on behalf of me, I know on behalf of Am as well, thank you so much for watching. And I hope you like this new format if you're watching on YouTube. And we will see you next time.